0: Producers will see in open year. From us, good night.
1: Good night.
2: Six o'clock. This is the SAFM market update with MoneyWeb. Hilton Tarrant with you on this Tuesday evening. Tonight, FNB's switching campaign is paying off. The bank attracted 2 million clients last year. Chief executive of First Rant, Cesar and Kassana, joins us at a quarter past six to talk unsecured lending growth in Africa and more a solid performance in Europe for Steinhoff the continent's second largest furniture retailer after Ikea, Chief Executive Marcus Joerster on the business of selling furniture and on having Christo Visser join the board, the latest on the frozen defense scheme, we talk black ownership of property and David Shapiro of Sassfin is with us to make sense of the markets, all of that and more to come first here's the news
1: SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader More learners suspended over alleged satanic stabbing death and police watchdog probing hundreds of cases. Good evening, I'm Greg Host with the news at 6pm on SAFM. Ten more learners have been suspended from a secondary school in Mochlakeng on Gauteng's West Rand after the killing of a learner in what was suspected to be a satanic ritual. This brings to 11 the number of learners suspended, including the murder suspect. A 17-year-old girl was stabbed several times and left for dead in a felt on her way home from school last Friday. The school says the suspended learners have displayed suspicious behavior in the past. The 15-year-old girl arrested in connection with the killing of her fellow learner appeared in court today and that case was postponed to later this month. Gauteng Education, MEC, Barbara Creasy.
0: The district director did suspend 10 learners. These are learners who were not directly involved necessarily in the incident, but learners who have had allegations about being involved in harmful practices made against them. And I think really what we want to do at this stage is to be in a position to assure parents and to assure learners at the school that they are safe,
1: The Independent Police Investigative Directorate is currently probing more than 500 criminal cases against police officers across the country. The police watchdog says several police officers have been arrested in the last few months for various offences, including alleged police brutality. In the recent case that has made world headlines, eight officers are behind bars after they dragged a Mozambican taxi driver behind a police van in Davyton on Gauteng's East Rand. He later died in police custody the directorate's moses lamini
3: cases that are investigated by the ip offices around the country even if they happen in a small village the provincial office would investigate and then make recommendations to the director of public prosecution who will then decide whether to prosecute it or not
1: escom has instructed contractors at the multi billion rand madupi power station in limpopo to reserve work tomorrow Construction workers building that plant have down tools for the past two months, demanding the termination of the project's labour agreement and the recalculation of their December bonuses. ESCOM spokesperson Hilary Joffe says they have now been told to resume work.
0: We have instructed the contractors on the site to start bringing the workers back to work. The site is open and workers will start coming back to work tomorrow. And we are hoping for a return to normal operations at Madupi as soon as possible. There is a project labour agreement for the site and the workers and the employers are following a process in terms
3: of that
1: the communications minister Dina Pule has commented on her meeting with the SABC board. This follows confusion over the position of the chief operations officer. Other media reported yesterday that Kaudi Motsoneng had been reinstated in the position, but the SABC board later reaffirmed this decision to remove him from the position. The minister gives her views.
0: One of the challenges that we found here is that seemingly the board is not in unison. They are not agreeing on certain issues and we believe that the fact that we have met with them here and we have discussed with them, we have finally agreed that if they don't collectively agree on certain issues, there is no way that they are going to be able to run the SABC properly in the manner in which we expect them to do so and we have agreed on that.
1: Kenyan presidential candidate Uhuru Kenyatta still in the lead with about half the votes counted from yesterday's poll. Provisional counts show him ahead of Prime Minister Rela Odinga by 53 to 42 percent. But Kenyatta could still be overhauled as the count goes on. Yesterday's election brought out millions of voters and was largely peaceful, despite pockets of violence that killed at least 15 people. The top story, 10 more learners have been suspended from a secondary school on Gauteng's West Rand after the killing of a learner in what's suspected to be a satanic ritual. The next news bulletin is at 7pm. For SAFM, I'm Grokos.
2: SAFM Market Update with Money Web. Thanks, Greg. Five minutes after six o'clock, Hilton Tarrant with you on the market update this evening. A reminder of our SMS line. 34701 with the keyword market. That's 34701 with the keyword market. Keep those SMSs coming in. We uh, did receive an SMS uh, on the program last night about gold fields and Sibanye, And uh, unfortunately, for some other reason, we've only got half of it. So perhaps uh, if you do have that second half of of the question, uh, do send that through to us. 34701 with the keyword market. We'll get to those uh, before half past six this evening. First up as always on the program, and Fupi has your business news.
0: Thanks Hilton, good evening Mining firm Impala Platinum says the Zimbabwean government plans to buy about 50% of mining claims owned by its unit Zimplats The government stated its intention earlier this month adding that the claims would be used for the benefit of the public. Zimplats has until the end of this month to challenge the move by the Zimbabwean government Education company Cura Holdings this morning announced that it has acquired the Embury Institute for Teacher Education in KwaZulu-Natal for 60 million rand. The institute currently accommodates 850 students who can train as pre-primary teachers or as educators up to the, grade na- the ninth grade. This is seen as the firm's move to diversify into the teacher education market. And international ratings agency Moody's has downgraded South African credit provider African Bank, also referred to as ABLE. The continued challenging operations in South South Africa's unsecured lending market amid subdued domestic growth and the labour unrest in certain sectors have been highlighted as the primary drivers behind the downgrade. Turning to the markets now, the JSEO share index has uh, closed off in positive territory, up by just under 2% at 40,546 points. The rands at 9 rand 6 cents against the US dollar, 1366 to the pound, and 1178 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,576 an ounce, a barrel of brent crude oil at $111, and the platinum price at $1,583 an ounce.
2: Thanks, uh, Gugu. Seven minutes after six o'clock, David Shapiro of Sassman joining us. David, uh, green, green wherever you you look. Yeah.
4: Yesterday we were blaming the Chinese <laughs> for, for the plunge. Today they're saving the world. Um, very very strong day right across the board. I think it's old news now that the Dow Jones is in an all-time high. Mm. Um, Europe at what four five year high and our market creeping towards uh, an all time high as well, but uh, the news came out this morning that the um, that the you know the Chinese government were pledged had pledged uh, to maintain growth targets and also that uh, they would increase spending, which is the opposite of austerity. So they're going to increase government spending by about ten percent. That's a huge amount of money. So markets are really cheered by this news. And above that, Hilton, we've still got um, uh, the Fed coming out. It's a U.S. Fed coming out and saying that they will maintain these stimulus packages. So um, we've brushed aside for the meantime all budget woes or budget worries. And, uh, you know, market's very strong Also Italy, you don't hear anything about Europe <laughs> anymore So this is a real lovely bull market You A know. couple of
2: outperformers mm. today Old mm. Mutual at a, f- at a 52-week high, up 3% mm. um, Edging very close to that 30 Rand a share mark mm. Richemont, another outperformer, over 3% better woolly 's almost 4% better And then first round, on the back of those uh, numbers this morning
4: Over 4% better yeah, Great, I think wherever you looked across the board uh some significant gains. And it's quite it was quite interesting to see how fast this market turned around. So must have been a lot of people short of the market, you know, to uh inspire these kind of returns. So um and and looking, you know I, one wonders whether we'll see a sell off in the u s some sometime later now because there's a lot of it, traders have been poised at these levels you know to to go short of the market, still concerned about um, the outlook for the u s economy but um, you know judging from the stream of buyers that came in um who knows this might be the start of a an you know, all t- uh, altogether new bull market
2: as Gugu mentioned uh, just a couple of minutes ago African bank investments mm. limited able downgraded one notch by moody's outlook uh, Is stable there Shares up 2% on the back of that
5: (laughs) Capitech
2: Trading update 32% 32,
4: I mean it's just very very strong result And uh, Capitech has been hammered I mean if you look at its high uh, I think last year was in the region of Over 220 or something Mm. It came all the way back to about 180 Thereabouts even lower I can't remember And starting to claw its way back So um, hopefully there will be some more money flowing into it and looking at it. Uh, look, the, the economic circumstances are still very difficult, um, and I'm not quite sure where the markets go from here. You know, I'm very happy with overseas markets, but it's uh, very difficult to read our market. Results today from Brimstone. Did you get a chance to look at those? No, I, I, underneath that, uh, I didn't actually. I know that they've still got, I don't know if they've still got life health care. It's generally a, generally a pretty good company. You know, it's uh, one of the better empowerment companies or one of the better private equity companies. So uh, I'm not sure how, they, how they've done. I've always liked Life Healthcare within them and have been a big supporter of Life Healthcare. Definitely a big mm. chunk of Life Healthcare there. Rob Buffer King
2: Platinum also reporting results today. Some mm. questions over funding. Mm. There's, there's a lot of capex mm. in the pipeline.
4: <sighs> there's a, you know, I, I think it's going to be a problem with the whole industry. I, um, you know, finding funds now to, I know there's a Chinese delegation coming here and I think everybody's going to be running to, to meet them in the hope that they'll do what we, we did, you know, and be able to raise money. But I think to, to fund the platinum belt is going to be a big issue, uh, you know, over the next year or so because there's a lot of projects that need money.
2: Well, more details emerging today about the controversial DefenceX scheme. The scheme had its accounts frozen by the Western Cape High Court last Thursday, following an application by the Reserve Bank. MoneyWeb's investigations journalist, Julius Cobbett, joins us now. Julius, you've managed to obtain the affidavit from the Deputy Registrar of Banks, Michael Blackbeard, which was presented uh, to the Western Cape High Court last week. What did you discover?
6: That's right, Hilton. The affidavit gives us an indication of why um, the Reserve Bank thought that the DefenseX account should be frozen. And what they, uh, the Reserve Bank appointed inspectors, PricewaterhouseCoopers, what these inspectors discovered is that uh, the Standard Bank, where the account is held, had actually already issued a report in terms of the Financial Intelligence uh, Center Act um, to say that the activity in this account Looked suspiciously like a pyramid scheme In fact, the exact words were That it's identical to a pyramid scheme
2: The the, the numbers involved here There there are numbers There's an an account balance uh, What was in that uh, Defensex account uh, At the time of the freezing What, What amounts are we talking about here?
6: Yeah, we don't know how much money has been invested yet But what's left is 320 million rand that's a large, large amount, and who knows, it might have been over a billion rand that's been put into this thing. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, the bigger the difference between the amount that's left and the amount invested, the bigger problems for investors
2: also, along with uh, this affidavit, uh, a, a number of supporting documents, uh, including a bank statement, the types of deposits that were being made by by clients, or we could call them investors, I guess, in the scheme. What, what numbers are we talking about? Is this are, are these a hundred rand deposits or these ten thousand rand deposits?
6: Yeah, anything from a hundred rand up to many hundreds of thousands of rands into the account.
2: And There are questions uh, that uh, this scheme, DefenceX. Uh, possibly contravene the Banks Act. Is that is that really at the crux of of this investigation?
6: That's what's caused the account to be frozen. Uh, when it's uh, contravened the Banks Act, taking deposits as you know it's illegal. No one can you know you need a lot of regulation to to manage a bank. And if it's been found to contravene the Banks Act, then they will be instructed to repay the money to investors. But of course, if they can't do that, then there's only one outcome that's logical and that's liquidation.
2: MoneyWeb's uh, investigations journalist Julius Cobbett, uh, David, uh, a very strange story.
4: I, I don't know what DefenseX does. I mean, what, oh. do, what are they? What are they selling there? seemingly nothing, <laughs> David. <laughs> oh, you mean it's just the activity in the account that's that's
2: created? You defensive. buy points. You buy points. It's uh, it's one of these uh, tricky ones where oh, you yeah. buy points and then you can well, earn two two percent interest a day, David.
4: Two percent
2: a day. <laughs> 320
4: million in the account already. Mm -hmm. 1 billion. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, also news today
2: at uh, it's a quarter past six here on the market update. News today that uh, data and analytics company Lightstone publishing its 2013 property report, shedding light on property ownership trends in South Africa. Interestingly, the report found the market is evenly split between male only, female only, and properties co-owned by both genders. That change uh, over the past ten years. What about black ownership of property? Earlier, I spoke with managing director of Lightstone, Andrew Watt.
5: Yes, so we analyzed the 5.8 million properties that are formerly registered and found that overall 37% of owners 10 years ago were black, and that has risen to 42%. But if you go to the luxury segment, which we define as properties over 1.5 million, it has moved from 3.3% to 7.8%. So the growth has definitely been more noticeable in the, in the higher value segments.
2: Just looking at that growth, has it moderated somewhat?
5: Um, it seems to be continuing uh, at reasonable pace. At anything over seven hundred thousand rand, um, we're talking small numbers here. Though everything, uh, total ownership in, in anything ob- um, above seven hundred thousand rand is less than ten percent. In in the lower value segments, so what we define as affordable, so less than two hundred fifty thousand rand, or in township properties, is pretty static at about fifty percent to ninety percent respectively.
2: That's Managing Director of Lightstone, Andrew Watt. S.A.F.M. Market Update with MoneyWeek. Sixteen minutes after six o'clock, while FNB's switching campaign has paid off handsomely for owner 1st group results for the six months to December today show normalized earnings up 25%, return on equity improving to 21.9%. Cesar and Klasana is chief executive of First Rand. Cesar, FNB... Uh, the the brand that I guess most South Africans would be familiar with uh, within the group, nearly a billion rand a month in profit before tax being generated at FNB. This uh, switching campaign that the that the group embarked on uh, a, a number of years ago. Steve from Beat Bank uh, must be must be in hiding.
7: Well, the strategy is paying off quite nicely. Uh, FNB has been focusing on migrating customers to electronic channels, offering a value proposition that's compelling to customers, you know, uh, rolling out all the digital uh, products that, including the iPads and the iPhones and uh, smart uh, phones and so on, which uh, have become really attractive to customers. So if you look at the growth in uh, new accounts, I mean, 2 million new accounts uh, for the reporting period is actually a very pleasing performance.
2: Those 2 million accounts uh, suggesting you're obviously taking market share from, from your rivals.
7: Yes, of course. It's not just taking market share. It's also having customers uh, buy more products from FNB, uh, which has paid off quite nicely. So the cross-sell ratio is up uh, to just over one8 uh, products per customer, uh, which is also quite good.
2: You spoke about those uh, that migration to electronic platforms, uh, online banking, cell phone banking. The app uh, FNB really the leader uh, in in all of those segments. The app doing nearly one million transactions a month. Uh, you mentioned the iPhones and the iPads, 140,000 smart devices sold by FNB. Is is this push going to continue?
7: It is going to continue. What we do see is the prices of smartphones and uh, Android-enabled devices are actually coming down, which means uh, there are customers in the middle to bottom end of the market uh, that are going to start to benefit from the same kind of products as well as applications.
2: Me, the the bank also benefiting from the growth in unsecured lending, personal loan uh, advances uh, in the period uh, increasing by 28% uh, both through FNB as well as through your Wesbank Bank business. A similar number to, to uh, Nedbank. I think Nedbank reporting almost an identical number uh, for the reporting period. What dynamics are you seeing in that space? We are seeing a lot of attention on that space obviously from from government, from regulators. Uh, where, where are you seeing that market?
7: Well we did say in September last year when we reported our year end results to June uh, 2012 that uh, we had already tightened up on credit scores on credit origination in unsecured lending. And this applies across the board, uh, but more particularly uh, in the mass market and more recently we've tightened up in the middle income market as well. And this applies not only to FNB uh, because we have an unsecured lending business in West Bank uh, through direct access. Uh, that is also experiencing, um, you know, decline in terms of, you know, the new loans that we're granting to customers.
2: In terms of those new loans, uh, we have seen that number come down. Uh, we've seen the peak uh, probably around June last year in terms of your advances uh, in the personal loan space. Are you expecting that uh, growth to to slow rapidly or will it be a more gradual
7: uh, decline? No, it, it has already halved if you just look at uh, the growth in the six months to December versus the six months to June. Uh, the growth has halved and therefore uh, we expect, you know, that trend to continue going forward. In other words, uh, the growth going forward is certainly going to be probably somewhere in the uh, middle uh, double digit. Uh, as opposed to, you know, the 28 or so percent that you mentioned earlier.
2: Siswa, as far as the the credit cycle is concerned, you do speak about uh, us currently being in the bottom of that cycle uh, and that that cycle is is either turning or or about to turn. As far as impairments go, your credit loss ratio at 0.91 percent, higher than uh, last December but uh, lower than June. Are, Are you expecting impairments to stay at these levels uh, for the foreseeable future, or, or might they ratchet up? Uh,
7: the long-term average of uh, bad debt or impairments uh, is somewhere around 100 to 110 basis points uh, through the cycle, and therefore we can expect uh, that uh, the increase in impairments is going to is going to continue somewhat uh, to somewhere uh, around the long-term average, which is what I indicated.
2: Now, a year ago, 9% of your uh, revenue was coming from outside South Africa. Today, that number is 13%, 10% from the rest of Africa, and 3% from your international operations. In Africa, you've got Botswana and Namibia, those businesses established. Uh, you're growing in Mozambique, Tanzania, and Zambia. But the two big ones, uh, as far as you're concerned, I guess Ghana, where you have uh, uh, purchased a bank and awaiting approval, and, and Nigeria.
7: Yes, of course. West Africa is very important, especially Ghana and Nigeria. Uh, Ghana, we should get final regulatory approval from the Ghanaian uh, authorities uh, hopefully in the next couple of months and, and that will be good because it gives us a footprint in that country. In uh, Nigeria we have established RMB uh, Nigeria which is an investment banking operation in that country which we opened doors uh, for on the 7th of February this year and we're already doing quite a number of deals in the investment banking space but of course Uh, it would be important for us to get into retail and commercial banking, so we continue to look for opportunities in that regard.
2: Also, beginning operations in India, but uh, on a very small scale.
7: On the investment banking side, our business in India is actually doing quite well, and it's turned uh, profitable, uh, in fact, uh, it's NIAC, in other words, net income after cost of capital positive, which is very pleasing. Uh, we started uh, running out our retail and commercial banking operations around the Mumbai area last year, late last year, and therefore it's still early days, uh, we're still running a pilot, but it's also proving to be quite positive.
2: Since we're a record first half for the Corporate and Investment Bank, RMB, in the period, is this the start of things to come or or just an exceptional six months?
7: No, it is an indication of a strategy that RMB has been rolling out, particularly focusing on client activities. And we know that uh, with a tougher regulatory environment, uh, some of the activities, such as proprietary trading, have become much more difficult, which is why a decision was taken last year already uh, to exit that part of the business. Of course, continue uh, through RMB to uh, embark on uh, trading activities where there's a client on the other side and their business is doing well. So the two large businesses in RMB, uh, which is the investment banking division as well as uh, the um, global markets business uh, are continuing to do well on the back of a lot of client activity, especially, you know, in areas such as renewable energy, uh, infrastructure, not just in this country, but in, in some of the markets in which you operate.
2: I was quite taken by a comment uh, from BIDVEST Chief Executive Brian Joffe in, in this morning's Business Day and also some of the, some of the uh, things he was saying yesterday uh, when, when I had a chat to him. He said business in this country is harder than it should be, uh, pointing to the inability of corporate South Africa, labour and government uh, to work together. Is that a sentiment you share?
7: Well, the macroeconomic environment in South Africa is tough compared to countries north of our borders. Uh, And I guess, you know, that uh, provides opportunities for businesses to diversify uh, their growth uh, prospects in terms of, you know, pursuing growth opportunities outside our borders. But in this country, we find that uh, our business is growing very strongly. As you indicated earlier, we still generate about 87% of our business in this country, and the 25% growth in earnings was largely generated in South Africa. So we're very positive about what's going on here.
2: Cesar Krasana is Chief Executive of First Rand and I must disclose that I do hold first rand shares. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. 24 minutes after 6, furniture retailer and manufacturer Steinoff International reporting first-half results to December today. A big jump in revenue, but that's distorted by the consolidation following its takeover of JD Group and CUP International. Headline earnings per share up 5% to 1.73. Following its purchase of Conferama in 2011, Steinoff is now Europe's second-largest furniture retailer after IKEA. Earlier I spoke with Chief Executive Marcus Euston and asked him about the tough trading environment in Europe where the group now generates half its revenue.
3: Hilton, we are very uh, satisfied with the set of results. I mean, you know that I like to uh, always do better and we will obviously uh, try to improve as we go on and obviously the consolidation of our whole retail interest in Europe is coming together as you can see from the results uh, and the increase in margin all the time and that will continue to grow but uh, the point you make that I would like to endorse is that you know most of our competitors outside of IKEA and Steinhoff have lost market share in the last 12 months they've incurred actually losses And we've had lots of uh, companies gone out of business. So in order to have taken market share, to keep our top lines consistent, where most markets were down 5 to 10 percent, and to have increased the operating margin. We are very excited about that, and we are very confident about the future of those businesses, Hilton.
2: Mark, it's not surprising you're shifting the mix away from electronics. There you're sitting with people, consumers actually buying less electronics, less televisions, and you're sitting with price deflation in that category.
3: Yeah, we. Uh, it's a new category uh, that we got when we bought Conferrama in uh, March of 2011. They were very clever in using that category to draw feet into their stores. But obviously the margin that you earn on that category uh, is very low. Mm. And because it was 35% of Conferama's business, we took a decision uh, 18 months ago that we need to change that mix. And we have in uh, our plans to get uh, that category of business down to 20% and increase furniture and decoration. We opened in November a flagship store in uh, Paris in the center of Paris uh, with no uh, grey goods uh, in the store and only a very small select uh, television and uh, brown goods offering but with an increased kitchen and white goods offering and obviously much more decoration. And I must really say Hilton if that is an indication of what can be done then I'm even more excited about the future because the mix is excellent. The gross margin from 37% is up at 44 and, uh, you know, that will make a huge difference to our business because you can take it yourself on uh, 6 billion euros of turnover. With that kind of a mixed change over time, the bottom line effect will be very exciting, and yes, that is the future, and we are well on the way to implement that plan.
2: Marcus, what about the United Kingdom? Uh, Still relatively small in in your life, only 5% of revenue, but uh, having visited London uh, a couple of times in recent years, that economy seemingly as tough as as the rest of Europe.
3: I would say the UK is pretty much in the Portugal, Spain, Italy, and I don't say Greece because I don't think anything is as bad as Greece, but (laughs) the UK uh, is still... Just that you understand the Hilton, it's still an 8 billion pound household good market. Now, in that market, we don't have uh, a market share of more than 7%, but outside of us in IKEA, there's no other player with even 100 million pounds or 200 million pounds turnover. So the consolidation and the fragmentation does offer us uh, nice opportunities. The profit have increased a lot the margins are increasing and I must really say that uh, Sean Summers that's now been there for 12 months running that uh, division for us in the UK has made a phenomenal difference to that business and yes we expect For the full year, a very, very solid performance from the UK in a very difficult market. And that's normally only an indication of a great management team.
2: There was some speculation that you were considering the listing, the separate listing of your European uh, unit last year. Is that still on the table?
3: Hilton, the... uh Separate listing of Stein of Europe retail in the long term makes a lot of sense because then we can uh, raise capital in markets where uh, it's closely linked to that territory, but it's really something that's not urgent for us at all at the moment. And we have uh, and would like to get a, sort of a full year of uh, Conferrama and our own retail businesses consolidated together. So it is something on the boardroom table but nothing urgent and there's no reason for that to be urgent for us. And by the same token, uh, you know, IPOs and things like that must be done when markets are conducive to it. And I think right now if you... Read the press and watch the television. I don't think it's the right time for something like that.
2: As chief executive of Steinoff International, Marcus Uestern, I must disclose that I do hold Steinoff shares as well. David uh, Christo Visser being appointed as a non-exec uh, there today. Marcus describing it. An-